Hello and welcome to the Impact Report. The date is still July 18th, at least here in Oklahoma. Um, I am Caleb B. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Caleb B. Actually, that's I didn't mean to do that, I swear. Uh, once again, I am joined by my good friend, John D. John, where can they follow you? Yeah, again, my t- Blanco, O-R-H-A-Y, Blanco, C. It absolutely is. Yeah, that again, that's H-O-R-H-A-Y-B-L-A-N-C-O. Tonight, we are reviewing a show that just finished airing about 45 minutes ago. We are reviewing Slammiversary 2020. Um, I got to say something. I'm not. I'm still not a fan of the empty arena. Um, I can. I can tolerate it on a TV show because on TV I'm mostly just watching for narrative. But pay per views being mostly you know match based, it kind of takes away. It's a little jarring. I think I have that same problem really with a lot of shows. It's. I feel mm-hmm. like I don't realize how much I watch wrestling and listen to like the audio cues of like, you know, the crowd pops during big spots, even for pay-per-views. Yeah. So, you know, when you're watching a pay-per-view without a crowd, you really have to focus on a different Yeah. Level. Yeah. It can be, it can be kind of taxing, but luckily impact for the most part kind of had the juice. In my opinion, there was a couple of, a uh, couple of lulls during the show, but mostly pretty good. Uh, but Hey, let's get right into it, man. Uh, opening match, the Rascals opening challenge. John, who challenged the Rascals? That would be a, a little team of the Motor City Machine Gun, who some very smart man yesterday predicted would uh, be the team that answered the challenge. Yeah, I, I did predict that they would be there. I did not think they would win. It made sense, though, you know, because of what will happen later. Um, but that being said, I was I was shook. But man. You know, the thing about them is they've been wrestling for a really long time, but they're also, they started young. They're 38 and 37. And, they, you know, they've lost a step or two, but they're still they're still more than capable. And I think some of that will come back as they get to wrestling more often if they do stick around. Mm-hmm. At this point, either one of them has really been wrestling on a regular basis for a few years. So, yeah. I'm hoping that they'll just for the get past back. Years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? One thing, my takeaway from this match on the other end was like, okay, three of the four guys were really in sync and that you know in tune, you know, on their game. It didn't seem like Des was for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, like I said, I didn't really notice to be honest. I was more just excited to see the machine guns back. Yeah. Um. But uh, I don't know. Like I said, I wasn't paying as close attention to that. I feel like I really didn't. Fully follow the stories until about the title match. I was kind of in and out with a lot of the earlier stuff, but um, I did like what I see. Uh, I feel like it didn't look as bad that you figure hasn't had a tag team match in a few years now. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, so I'm not a big fan of star ratings. I'm just gonna go like versus dislike. I very thoroughly enjoyed this match. What did you think? I yeah, I liked it a lot too. Okay. Awesome. Next up, a match I did not like that started a mini lull. Moose versus Tommy Dreamer for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. One thing I did like about this match, though, they put a white strap on that belt. And with a white strap on that belt, it looks amazing. 
was a little surprised with that because if the whole is that this is old, but I guess cause, because he's trying to make it the TNA title and make it meaningful again, um, I was a little surprised mm-hmm. to see a strap on it. Yeah, that that kind of cracked me up at first. I was like, wow, they they really like made a new strap for a fake title, well, for for a doubly fake title, as it were. Um, yeah, <laughs> this match was not good. I'm just going to be completely transparent. This match was not good. It dragged again. Like I said, yeah, as I say, like I said, I didn't earlier in the show. I wasn't paying a ton of attention. There was one thing that I did like a lot with the match. And that was, um, Moose trying to shove dreamers face into the tax. I thought that was a creative use of them instead of just doing, you know, the tried and true backdrop or one. And I thought the close ups of dreamers face as he's trying to get, you know, forced into the text. I thought that was kind of creative and different, but overall, I thought the match was kind of what I expected it to be. Yeah, and I did like the Moose Sucks Eggs t-shirt. That was a nice uh, homage to Terry Funk, for sure. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> okay, so I'm <sighs> like versus dislike um, thumbs in the middle. <laughs> I, uh, I like this match in certain parts, mainly towards the finish. But if you gun to my head, I have to give you a straight answer. I would say I disliked this one. That's like, like I said, it was a good change of pace, especially having the the hardcore element. But Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It's like I said, it's Tommy Dreamer. It's 2020. I I love the guy, but I don't really need to see Tommy Dreamer matches, especially on pay-per-view in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, Tommy Dreamer matches, the shorter they are, the better, at least in my humble opinion. Um, next up, we're talking about the Knockouts Gauntlet. Uh, again, not really a fan of a lot of aspects of this. Kylie Ray really showed out and really impressed. Not only me, because, I mean, I've been impressed by her long before this, but I feel like she had like a, a very strong showing to new Impact viewers, because you got to think, there's a lot of casuals who were watching this who hadn't watched Impact in years. I mean, it was trending all over Twitter for quite some time. And, I mean, there's other combat sports going on right now. Bellator was going on, to my understanding. So that kind of tells you that, yeah, this had a little more pub than the usual Impact pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, with Kylie Ray, I like her a lot. But it's I think it was especially the right because – probably the biggest name that they have for casual fans right now because she was really somebody who it seemed like AEW was going to build the women's division around. If mm-hmm. I remember, if the, if she wasn't their first, first or second um, woman, they saw like when they announced. So I think letting her win and using her name was a, was a good idea. Yes, I would agree. And I'm glad I liked that the final three were, and by God, um, I get it. Like Katie, Katie Forbes to, uh, a good portion of American males, um, American males, anyway, um, probably considered a smoke show. And I'm not talking, I'm not going to talk about her looks right now. She's just, she's not good. Oh, I at a NEW show a couple years ago with yeah. uh, last year, actually, where um, the main event was Omega versus Phoenix. So that's yeah. the main event. You can imagine what a Katie Ford match or the show how well that went um but yeah of course you know why she's there and you know why people are going to want to watch her it's not really a surprise Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um she helped get them kicked off twitch for a short while earlier this year um (laughs) 
all all kidding aside i'm glad kylie won i did predict she would win so i thought i went five for seven i only technically went four for seven you could say i went four and a half for seven we'll get to that later anyway uh so yeah kylie won i do want to just complain about one thing with this match i love terrible comedy wrestling it's one of my favorite things in wrestling and impact has done it so well yeah but i could not understand the uh I forget what his name is even, but the guy who used to manage Taya, was it John, Johnny something? John, John E. Bravo. Yes, Johnny Bravo. When he came out as uh, Rosemary again, I was like, I, didn't, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's something on Impact in the last few weeks that I just missed, but I feel like I didn't get that and it didn't click. And It was, it was more prior Impact that I didn't like. Well, the thing with with Johnny is he's got a crush on Rosemary. That's been made pretty clear. Okay, because like I said, I knew on Tuesday they were. Uh, I think they flat out had Johnny say something like uh, Rosemary more doesn't see it or whatever the case was. But I just thought yeah, out as her seemed. Yeah, um, so we can mention it right now. There were. Uh, Multiple teases of the Good Brothers. They don't deliver until later. But hey, after I believe it was right after the Knockouts Gauntlet when, uh, or it may have been after Moose and Dreamer, but Heath Miller showed up. That was a good surprise, especially considering he was just on Raw what two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, he was on Raw about two weeks ago. I figured, I figured that was a swan song for Heath Miller. You know, you know, get him out there, get him to the. To hug his friend, do one job, get a title shot, and get out of there. It felt like it, but I feel like with all we went through a lot of names as possible surprises, and I feel like he was one that we just that just slipped both of our minds yesterday. He did, he did. That's the thing. Uh, he got quickly interrupted by Rohit Raju. Um, Heath made short work of him, and one thing I did notice: they didn't call him Heath Miller; they just called him Heath. So maybe he's just yeah. going by Heath and Impact, but. They'll they're going to revisit this later. Uh, Heath is going to going to um, visit a friend, and we'll talk about, that, talk about that, yeah. that later. Yeah, I got a I got a friend out of that. I I got a laugh out of that particular segment. Um, yeah, yeah, he crazy. he sees Rhino. Um, he's talking with Rhino. Scott Demore shows up. He's you know you can tell like he's trying to be friendly, but he's got bad news. And he tells Heath, he's like, hey, this is a closed set and you don't work here. So if you could please get out, that'd be that'd be great. And Heath yeah, said kind of decided distancing too. He's like, you know, yeah, it's he did. closed set distancing. Yeah. You uh you really can't be here right now. Yeah, yeah. Heath uh Heath says, Well, at least he was polite, and then Rhino just off the cuff. And I'd never known Rhino for comedic timing, at least in line delivery. But off the cuff, Rhino says, Well, he's Canadian. <laughs> I did miss that one. Um, yeah, it was it was nice. Um, and then the, you know they just kind of continue to revisit, like you know, teasing something's in the worst works. Well, uh, I so tells him it looks like so. Yeah. So yeah. I think if they do run with that, that's you figure they kind of the tag they really stack the tag division overnight. Really? Yes. Yes. I mean, Literally over. Yeah, we got three potential. Yeah, 
two confirmed new tag teams and a third potential. Um, no Ry Herno as we had wished last <laughs> night, but that's life. Uh. Yeah. Uh, next up on the card, we are looking at Chris Bay and Willie Mack. Sir, you got me here. Chris Bay won. I was shocked. I like I said, I feel like Chris Bay has been a bigger deal um, than Willie Mack, and nothing personal because I think Willie Mack is amazing for his size. But mm-hmm. I also, like I said yesterday, I do feel like he kind of is a budget Keith Lee a bit. Yeah. And he also, there's something about his look that I don't know if it's that he's, and like I said, I'm a fat guy myself, but I don't know yeah. if it's that he is a looser or if it's that, you know, he doesn't like shave and stuff. You know, a little like homelessness to him in a way. I get you. If I could say that, I get I, you. If I could say that, um, sounding really. Um, but I, well, he almost doesn't. I know you're hurt. I know you're hurt, John. But. But so I feel like Chris Bay just has more star presence to him. And also, I know there's like little things with Chris Bay. Like, uh, they just announced him recently for the Retromania video game. They said he's going to be the first downloadable character for that, and he's included mm-hmm. for free. Yeah. So I feel like he is starting to make a little bit more of a name for himself. That was the first time that I was aware of him, even before I had seen him on Impact. So, yeah. I had heard of Chris Bay before because I follow some um, big time independent fans who won't shut up about him uh and i get why he's very talented i'm not upset at the decision in fact i'm a little elated because you know that johnny swinger x division title run is coming <laughs> that's if that match um, a lot of fun, probably to be honest for all for yeah. maybe the wrong reasons but also possibly the right reason see see this is when the lull ended w- was with this match we had a two-match lull it picked right back up I'm going to go thumbs up. I liked this one. I'm assuming you're going to do the same. Yeah. My only complaint with this though, was the finish. Um, they yes. won with that springboard cutter that he has, mm-hmm. but right yeah. before that he hits like a springboard. I don't even know what it would be considered. Like kind of a cradle twisting DDT type thing. Um, I mm-hmm. wish that was his finisher. That to me looked so much more unique. And I've never seen anybody do that before. Where I feel like the springboard cutter, I just like on, immediately go to like Osprey, or I feel like there's a lot of guys who use that move. So, yeah, very very polarizing name on his finisher too. Going with the art of the deal, all things considered. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm joking, yeah. of course. <laughs> Next up, <laughs> match of the night for me here. Where you're talking about the North successfully defending the titles against potentially the world's most dangerous tag team as confirmed. They will not be the world's most dangerous tag team. They did not win. They could not communicate one year as world tag champions and pure dominance overall of impact wrestling. It won out over two great single stars. And that's what happens in tag team matches, man. I see. I was surprised that I saw somebody online say that they thought that this was the worst match of the COVID era. And I felt the exact opposite. I love this match. Yeah, this far away, like, this might be the best match that Impact has put on since the shutdown. I was going to say, I think if it's, had it not been for the the Bucks against uh, Page and Omega, this might be in the running for, like, my tag match of the year if I had one, for as weird as that. Yeah. 
because I love the the creative and, ways they did the mis uh, the miscommunication spots and how it never really fully yeah. evolved, but they just did it enough and did it constantly. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just that one ending spot that you usually see in a you know strange. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it didn't like full on blow up, and that's what I like. They're going because Don and Scott and anyone else on Creative and Impact they. They don't like to blow their load super early. They like to build things up as best they can. They're going to take their time on this one. And I do think we are going to see probably another street fight between these two. And I look forward to it. Um, oh. I'm going thumbs way up. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Like I said, I love this match. It's probably my second favorite on the whole card. See, yeah, I I, I, I respect your opinion, but I disagree. It was my favorite on the card, as it were. After the moment, of course, um, all things considered, I knew something was up when the North started cutting a promo. Yeah, and they oh. didn't just go to the back. They didn't I was, powder. I was say I don't want to cut you off, but there was one thing too that I really liked. and that's just Ethan Page's little like talking to the announcers, uh, shouting at the cameraman when he was like, "Get a close up of this! Get a close up of this!" And then uh, at one point, I think Don said something about why would he put him in the ankle lock, and he goes, "He's the best," like something to that effect. Um, I feel like he did a really good job using the lack of a crowd to his advantage. Yeah, All Ego has been really good at the little things for quite some time. I remember uh, Rumble Weekend 2017. I went to an Evolve show, and it was a it was a six man tag. It was Ethan Page and as a couple of heavies. I think they were called the Gatekeepers against Darby Allen, um, a guy named Barrett Brown, and Zack Saber Jr. showed up toward the end. But this was in the midst of the uh, Ethan Page and Darby feud. And Ethan Page, you know, talked a big game uh, against Darby because Darby's a little twerp or, you know, whatever. But the second that Darby teased being able to get his hands on Ethan Page, even when Ethan Page was in the corner, like Ethan Page's eyes went like full on, like like they were going to pop out his face. Like he, he was showing he was really scared. So, again, that yeah. just goes to show like – he does the little stuff well. Yeah, I feel like as fans, we underrate the little stuff so much. Like, I love guys who can do crazy flips and stuff. But sometimes just mm -hmm. a little facial expression or shouting something at the camera, I feel like it can make a real big difference. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, it, it, it doesn't get enough love that, like, the dedication that Ethan Page has to his craft in that, like... I, again, I'm no, I'm no Adonis, but, like... He used to have a little bit of fluff to him, but now he's like full on jacked, dude. Yeah, he. Ch I would say he changed a lot. I remember when he was doing, uh, what was it? Was it a couple years ago that he was doing the stuff with? Um, was he with Gato or Grado, whatever, however you say his name, the Scottish guy who was doing the jokey um, like boy band stuff? I don't remember that. I know he was Chandler Park at one time, the net or the cousin of uh, Joseph Park. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I can't remember exactly. Maybe it wasn't him with Grado or Gato. Like I said, I can't remember the guy's name right now. But uh, I feel like I definitely remember seeing him, and I remember him looking a lot softer. Yeah. Yeah, he's like I said, he has uh, he has definitely dedicated himself to the craft. I'm going way thumbs up. I did enjoy that very thoroughly. And I'm assuming you did as well, sir. Yeah, that yeah, I like that match a lot. All right, awesome. Good to hear. Next up, Knockout's title was on the line. Jordan Grace defending against Deanna. What'd you think, man? Again, I wasn't 
like I said, I don't want to sound sexist, but it takes a lot for me to really be invested in uh, some of the women's matches. Mm-hmm. And so I tuned out a little bit for this. But um, yeah. I was kind of more listening than watching. But from what I could hear, it sounded pretty good. I liked the idea of working over the arm. And then I thought oh, the finish oh, was good. Sorry, I, uh, sorry. Uh, just to backtrack a little. And I'm sorry I cut you off. That was yeah, no rude. Problem. After the match, when the North got to talk in, I oh, thought yeah. this was a setup for the I thought this was a setup for the Good Brothers to come out, but the Motor City Machine Guns come out, which made their win earlier make a lot more sense because not only did they confirm they're back, they're coming to take down the best team in Impact for the past year, emphasis on the past year per Chris Saban and Alex Shelley, but on Tuesday they are challenging for the tag team titles. That is a hell of a teaser to put on a show that you've got three days to build. And I loved that, too, because if you remember yesterday we were talking, and I don't want to give away the main event yet, but I said that if a certain result happened in the main event, I'd be like, "Eh, I don't know if I want to watch Tuesday as much. But knowing that I'm going to get the North and the Motor City Machine Guns, even if there's a possibility of Gallows and Anderson interrupting or somebody else getting involved, because I'd be a little shocked to see it go, you know, with a clean finish. Um, Oh, yeah, I don't think we'll get a definitive finish. But just knowing that the yeah. match is happening, period, really excites me. I can't wait to see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I already watch Impact every week anyway, but I'm definitely going to be um, paying full attention to that. Uh, but, yeah, sorry. I cut you off about Jordan and Deanna. You said uh, it takes a lot for you to get invested in women's matches, and that's not sexist. I mean, if you're being completely honest here, I mean, that's that's just a, a preference. Um and sorry, resume. Yeah, no, I was just saying that um, I think I was also a little checked out for this, too, because like I had said, I never expected Deanna to win because with all the rumors before that she was, you know, a free agent and that she hadn't signed long term, I thought the finish was a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another reason it was hard for me initially to get into the match. But then when yep. she had I like I love that she had both of the uh, arms and the arm in the uh, in the arm bars. Absolutely. I was a creative way to do it. And then for her to have to verbally submit, that was pretty Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. I love the verbal submission because I think it, personally, I think if you get a verbal submission, I think that makes you look a little bit stronger than if you get a straight up tap out or, you know, especially a pass out. So I think they did a really good job in building up Deanna's star here. And also, when you figure, for her to now take out Jordan Grace, how is little, small, mm-hmm. happy Kylie Ray going to be able to, you know, take down this big, insane monster who's just yeah. absolutely vicious? I feel like that's going to be a good story to tell. Absolutely. I hope they hold off on that or they take enough time that they can do that match at Bound for Glory. But, you know, we'll see. Either way, that match will also be – I think that match will also be very good. It will be very different from what we got between her and Jordan – Whereas, you know, that was that was gritty that, you know, it felt real to an extent, you know, as real as, you know, simulated combat can. <laughs> but, um, yeah, again, thumbs way up, in my opinion. Yeah, like I you said, like I, wasn't, I, I wasn't paying enough attention, to be honest. But if I was going to say one more or the other, I'd probably say thumbs up, too, based on what I was like hearing and watching the end. Well, you know, what? I appreciate your candor. Candor is a uh, top quality. It is a virtue. So. <laughs> Again, appreciate that. Main event time, we get the uh, three confirmed entrants to come out. And then the fourth. Oh, by the way, oh, Rich yeah, Swan. You missed the spot yeah, earlier when uh, they were trying to interview the Good Brothers in the locker room. Mm-hmm. 
And instead, Rich Swan answers the door with his crutches. Yeah. Gia Miller is... Gia Miller is not exactly Bruce Wayne. She's not the world's greatest detective. Um, (laughs) So you can imagine how... I'm going to be honest. My initial reaction when when Rich Swan came out was anger. Anger. Um, Yeah, I, I felt the same way. And then when EY came out, I was less disappointed i was still a little let down uh but okay my reaction honestly but after rich swan was like okay well okay we got some music now who's going to be this third guy or this fifth guy and i was hoping and praying okay hopefully not mike bennett and hopefully not bully ray Hmm. so the fact that it was not either of those two and the fact that it was an actual um return to the company i was able to be like okay well i appreciate that and Later on, I'm able to um, come to peace with that with something that happens later on that we'll talk about. Um, so this five-way, I feel like it has to an extent. There was a part. There was a part where EY took control and slowed everything down, and I wasn't really a fan of that. Um, first eliminated, yeah. dude. Oh my god, I- Trade's Canadian Destroyer was amazing. Oh man, when he slid to the outside to hit that, that was ridiculous. Yeah, my Trey only, Miguel. He was, uh, as I say, my only problem with that spot was, and I it looked ridiculous. I loved it, but yeah, before that happens, Eddie Edwards ducked the clothesline and landed in like a six one nine position, like leaning on the ropes. Yes, and uh, it felt and no, if I remember right, nobody did anything with that. I thought it was going to be like Canadian Destroyer, and then somebody else come out and hit something on Eddie Edwards when he was leaning on the ropes. But I mean, it's, yeah. I know it's nitpicking, but it looked like it was a perfect setup for something like that. And that was the one that let me yeah. down a little bit. But that Destroyer just looked ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, and it's worth noting that early on in the match, Madman Fulton power bombs uh, Eddie Edwards spine first on the hardest part of the ring, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he immediately was ejected with the referee threatening to DQ Ace Austin. So yeah. Madman Fulton was no longer a factor in the rest of that match. So anyway, Trey hits the destroyer, and then about two minutes later, he gets taken out by Eric Young. If I was to say, it feels like also with the destroyer, going back to that for a second, that the last mm-hmm. like three weeks of wrestling have just been uh, hold my beer on doing Canadian destroyers from all sorts yeah. of different creative weird positions like yeah. first you had the phoenix one last week on dynamite then you had the uh crazy weird tower one on dynamite this week now trey doing it sliding to the outside it's just i'm kind of just watching every episode of wrestling now trying to see who could do the weirdest canadian destroyer yeah and one thing worth noting uh is that the canadian Stro- destroyer as noted was done on the outside so my least favorite thing in wrestling someone kicking out of one of the formerly most protected moves in modern wrestling didn't happen. Yeah. Like again, revisit like basically all of PD Williams's tenure and impact in TNA. And I think one person kicked out of it. So again, it was very well protected. And every time I see Adam, every time I see Adam Cole win the match with it, I'm just disappointed. Yeah. I was going to say, it's just, it's also smart. I feel like doing any sort of big move to the outside because it kind of yes. just protects any false finish because then it's like, okay, well, it's clearly going to take an extra, you know, three, five, maybe even 10 seconds to get the guy, depending on how slow the ref counts. 
back into the yes. ring. Or yes. you know, and then a match with no count outs. So it's like I like when that happens because then it's like you could hit a big move, but you don't have to do a kick out to, you know, keep it protected and you could still have that big spot. Mm-hmm. So after Trey gets eliminated, we get some more hullabaloo. And uh, Eric Young looks like he's going to take Rich Swan to the woodshed, get rid of him. And he gets rolled up. Eric Young is pissed and immediately goes to work on the formerly injured leg or ankle of Rich Swan. And I immediately got what the purpose of these two being in the match was. That I was, was like, oh, they're here to build an angle. Yeah, that was great, too, because I know you had said earlier that you you really didn't like Rich Swan as the reveal. And then with EY, you liked it a little bit more, but still not a lot. And I felt the same way. I was like, Rich Swan, and I, I know he can go. I know he has good matches. But when he was the reveal, I was like, that's kind of deflating. Like, he's already been there. Then when it was Eric Young, I was like, eh, okay, at least he's coming back. But I'm not crazy about Eric Young anymore. But I feel like the yeah. two of them together really did some cool stuff. And that, that yes, beatdown was great. But even before the beatdown, I loved the uh, sequence that got Trey eliminated to start. Yeah. Where it was, uh, I forget exactly what it was, but I know Eddie hit, I think, a move. Then Trey hit the Meteora to break up the move and rolled right into the uh, pile driver or something. And I just thought yes. it looked so crisp and so good that mm-hmm. I was like, all right, maybe Eric Young has something left after all. Yeah. And again, I can't say it enough. Trey Miguel is a confirmed future star. Yeah. I mean, as much as I love him, even though he's eliminated first, I was a little let down. But I think like yeah. he had enough in this match that I was like, yeah, he's going to be something. Well, and again, that's something that initially upset me, but I was able to come to terms with it um, after the thing with Rich Swan and Eric Young. I was like, okay, well, this makes more sense here. Yeah. Because then Ace Austin is able to capitalize and get Rich Swan out of there. Mm-hmm. And then we're down to two. And Ace and Eddie, and look, I, I want to say it real quick. Um, I'm no fashion expert but i'm not a fan of eddie edwards wrestling in capri pants with um a cornrow mohawk <laughs> I, I think that's kind of odd he like that's why I, when I, really I, said, would... I said earlier that willie mack i feel like an eddie edwards kind of have a similar sort of look i feel like they both feel like guys who are like the best wrestlers in your local indie almost where mm-hmm. it's like they yeah. both clearly can do good matches but I feel like they're yeah. both missing something as far as like having the look, and not that he has to look the same. But I think even yeah, look polished, and I feel like you really have that. Even if you look different, you have to look at least somewhat presentable, at least in my opinion. Well, I feel but, like, um, like even like a Madman Fulton or uh, Eric Young, I feel like they have ways of looking like sort of gritty and like, you know, that sort of crazy character, but it doesn't look, it still looks very professional, like in a weird way. Yes. Yes. No, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, so we're down to tr- uh, Eddie and Ace. Um, and again, the look I would prefer Eddie to go back to is his 2018 post. I hit my wife with a cane. Look <laughs> long jeans can still wear your converse and uh, your hair in a fade, but, that's just a wish of mine and it's, you know, your body, your choice, not my call. So yeah. Um, what'd you think of this final sequence? Because I really enjoyed it, man. I, I liked it 
kind of. I'm just not crazy about either move. I like the the fold more than the knee party. Yeah, I get but you. I just feel like the the Boston knee party, and I know it's a good move because like you could do it to anybody, you could do it out of nowhere, but mm-hmm. it just, eh, I don't know. Like it's it's kind of how I feel about Eddie Edwards on a whole, where I'm like, I know he's technically good. There's nothing that he does wrong. Yeah, he just feels like the same guy that I watched as half of a tag team in ROH like 10 years ago. I don't feel mm-hmm. like Eddie Edwards feels special, really. Like, he's totally fine. It's just, I feel like almost everybody on the card, to me, is more intriguing than Eddie Edwards at this point. I I see your point. I do see your point. Although, personally, I disagree, but I do. I respect your opinion. Um, so, it's worth noting, Ace kicks out of the Boston Knee Party once. Eddie kicks out of the fold. Because okay, when when Eddie kicked or when Ace kicked out of the Boston knee party, I was like, "Oh crap, Ace Austin's winning." I mean, I guess I can come to grips with that, but not really on it. What I wanted. They to also see did, right I don't want to cut you off, but they also did a good job all show. I feel like they yeah. were pushing the youngest champ ever, nonstop, yeah. which really made it feel like he was probably going to win because it felt like they said that, like one of the WWE coined nicknames for somebody, like they drilled that in. Over and over and yeah. over. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, that really helped that idea too. Yeah, for sure. Um, and again, like I said, Eddie. Then Eddie kicks out of his finisher, and I'm like, oh crap! So I definitely don't know how this is actually going to end. Cool. Glad to see it. They wrestle around for a little bit more. Eddie hits a Boston knee party. He says to himself, "Self, this isn't enough." He hits die hard. He wins the title. I am in a state of euphoria. <laughs> See, I was, I was, I was so disappointed at that point too. Cause I'm like, if you're going to have Eddie Edwards win, I mean, I guess it's a big move. Like I said, I haven't been, I'm also falling into the trap of being a casual impact viewer, mm-hmm. but it just, I mean, and that move was cool. It's a lot better than the knee. Yeah. But for sure. I, know, I, I was hoping for a bigger angle after the match than what we ultimately got. And I'm See, sure you'll talk about that now. Yeah, we, we will for sure. So, again, my state of euphoria turns into, oh, God, what's going to happen next? Because Madman Fulton comes out, attacks Eddie. Madman Fulton and Ace, they get their hands on him. They're beating the crap out of him. All of a sudden, we finally get it. The Good Brothers are out here. And we think initially, oh, God, is this going to be a four-on-one? Are they joining up with Ace and Madman? And then, nope, not quite. They uh, they neutralize Ace and Madman out of the uh, out of the impact zone. That disappointed and... me so much. <laughs> I was See, I don't want them to be good guys. I don't want them to be by their by themselves. But well, when, when something happens after, they gave me a little bit of hope with that. So yeah. Well, here's the thing though: they're the good brothers, not the bad brothers. It only yeah. makes sense that they be baby faces. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all kidding aside. Um, we get them drinking some beers. They got some koozies around them that have the talk and shop logo on them. So that's a cheap little plug ski as one of the good brothers would probably say. And we get a lights out. We get a vignette. We get the three, the classic like scratch three that we've seen over the past three months. And EC3 is, as far as I'm concerned, he is confirmed coming back to impact wrestling. So this part, this, this part gave me a lot of hope. Yes. 
Because yes. I'm really hoping, because you figure the whole time we've seen the, the three hands grabbing the glasses. Mm-hmm. So you would assume there's got to be a faction of three guys coming. Yeah. Between the Good Brothers being overly face, it felt like in that ending, and mm-hmm. then EC3 showing up, and even just the three slashes, which I know we know to be three, but could also to me represent a three-man faction. I'd kind of mm-hmm. like to see EC3 aligned with Gallows and Anderson. And that's where I'm really hoping yeah. we go with this. I do. I hope we don't get super serious. I'm a straight man, EC3. I hope we get this goofball comes out wearing a suit, but also being an a-hole. Um, well, that's where I think, but, you know, where I think him and Gallows and Anderson could also work really well together, too. Because, like I said yesterday, I love Gallows and Anderson as comedy acts. Yes. And even, even when they're heels, I mean, not that I want them putting anybody's uh, testicles in jars again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know that's a little a little harder to do with a scene, which it looks like EC3 is going to probably. But I think you have enough time before a pay per view that you could really kind of do the, that trio as like a both comedy but also a serious threat at the same time, almost like heel in a way heel New Day. Yeah. If there wasn't. To that, which yeah. like, I know it's harder as heels to really keep the comedy aspect, but I feel like we've mm-hmm. seen it. Behind, so. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I, I do think you know there is a way to ba- do a balancing act between comedy and serious, even as a heel. Um, so I'm going thumbs up. Initially, it was going to be thumbs down, but when I saw ET3, I was able to come to terms with Eric Young and Rich Swan being the fourth and fifth man in the main event. That's because I, that's when I was like, okay, well, you know, we didn't get EC3 in the main event, but we've we've got him. He's here. Yeah. See, for me, I'd say thumbs way up even before the reveal. As much as I don't like Eddie Edwards winning, there was so much fun stuff in there. Whether it was mm-hmm. like I said, the sequence that got Trey eliminated, or Trey hitting that crazy destroyer, or even the uh, where what was it? Was it Eric Young who power bombed somebody into? Um, was it? I forget who it was, but there were two guys fighting in the corner. Was it Austin and Eddie, maybe? But um, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got, they put, like, yeah, and somebody gets powerbombed into them, and then it sends the two of them off the corner through the table. I thought there was just yeah, like, there I was enough here to really table. make it I feel like a really good match. My favorite match of the night. Yeah, that table bump was amazing, for sure. Um, so, yeah, they're both going to be sore in the morning. Probably going to have to take some ibuprofen. Oh, and then, folks. Just, um, say, just one more thing, too. Um. I don't know if this is thing in matches, and I just never noticed it. But I also liked mm-hmm. that it felt like every time somebody eliminated somebody, they were the next person to get eliminated. So it was just a fun yes. little pain if you go through the match that way too. But that's about it. I think that's pretty much yeah, it. yeah. It's a, just a law of progression. Um, that being said, um, let's do. I don't want to do a letter grade. Let's do a one to ten on the show. Because I'm honestly, I'm going to go seven. I think. Yeah. You were, you were going to go seven? That's, yeah, that's exactly what I would give it to. Because it was, it was good. But they, they definitely have a lot of room for growth. And a lot of the earlier stuff was hit or miss. But overall, mm-hmm. I'd say I enjoyed it. And I definitely didn't feel like I wasted my time watching it. There was enough that happened. And it got me interested. For what happened going forward. Yeah. And uh, I... I I don't mind that I spent $40 on this and there have been times when I've watched WWE pay-per-views, especially in the recent, uh, recent past where I've gone, 
I can't believe I spent $10 on this. Yeah. So, so I'm uh, able to, uh, again, seven out of 10, I'm able to accept that I bought this pay-per-view. I didn't waste my time. I didn't waste my money in my opinion. And uh, yeah, two sevens out of 10 here. This has been the impact report. We thank you all for listening. God bless you. And uh, come see us again soon. We will be back on the air uh, sooner than you think. John, thank you for coming on. It's much appreciated. Thanks Thanks for having me. All right. And uh, goodbye to all of you.